Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. After Ole Miss absolutely beat the brakes off of Florida in the pavilion, I mean, I'm going to keep it PG. It was a butt whooping, just an absolute butt whooping, especially in the second half. So we're here to react to that together. Again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B O R. K-E-Y, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening on the website, wherever you get them, just pull out your phone and your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So uh, first, real quick, just to, to get this kind of out of the way, Ole Miss got some football news yesterday right after the Nick Saban is retiring news dropped. With all due respect to Logan Diggs, he got overshadowed in the college football world yesterday. But not by Ole Miss fans. It's a good pickup as a running back from LSU. He was also uh, at Notre Dame, uh, committed to Ole Miss yesterday. A really good player, really solid pickup. Injured his knee in the bowl game. Uh, there's been some reporting uh, from uh, from Chase Parham that the, the team uh, doesn't expect that to cost him the 2024 season, even if he's not like 100% ready to go by training camp, that they do expect to be able to use him this year, despite the knee injury uh, after uh, after or during uh, the, the bowl game there on January 1st. So um, he is a good player. It's a good pickup. I still think, though, that they are not done adding at the position. I don't think this is final, especially considering the injury, especially considering, you know, the possibility of him not being 100%. That, that, that always when it comes to knee injuries, is something that you have to think of. So I would be surprised if Ole Miss goes into the season with Bentley, Rascano, who's never taken a meaningful snap before, and Diggs coming off of an injury that may or may not have him ready for the start of the season. I, I would be surprised if they just kind of roll with this. But they can be a little bit more picky. At least I think that they can. They don't just have to go sign somebody to sign somebody because they now have multiple experienced SEC backs, and then a uh, guy coming off of a redshirt year that they really believe in. So uh, there's certainly some talent in that room. I do not think they're done, though, for whatever it's worth. But if healthy, good, really good, solid player that has produced in the SEC, you know exactly what he's capable of. And um, just a really good pickup for uh, for Ole Miss football. But we're here to talk about basketball. And, And the word I used last night, was a validating win. That was the word I used on, on Twitter uh, last night, was uh, validating for a couple of reasons. I mean, I know, look, Ole Miss started 13-0, and and obviously that means they went undefeated in the non-conference, but I think it would be fair if after the way they looked at Tennessee, you wondered, you know, how good are they really? We talked after the game a little bit where I thought they, they certainly weren't as bad as they looked, in Knoxville, there was just a lot of things working against them, and they didn't play particularly well uh, on top of Tennessee being an elite team and being on the road in front of 22,000 people and all that. But still, it was totally fair to allow that thought to creep into your mind of, you know, how good are these guys, uh, really? 
especially after watching Tennessee in, in the way they played in Starkville. In one of my group messages, people were talking about uh, talking about just that that you know Tennessee looks like crap, and uh, I, I'm worried that that they're going to get beat really badly here in a few minutes. Was uh, a paraphrase of a message that was posted in there, and um, turned out not to be the case at all. This win for Ole Miss, it's a good Florida team. It's not the best team in the SEC, but Florida is among the group of teams in the SEC that that are talented, that are good. Uh, that are going to be a problem and that are going to fight for an NCAA tournament bid. And Ole Miss beat them 103-85 to last night. It validates the thought that this Ole Miss team can compete in the SEC even in year one. It validates the idea that this team can make the NCAA tournament, can being the operative word, of, of course, but that was just validation for uh, those thoughts and feelings going into conference play. Now, they still have to do it. I think they have to go find eight more wins somewhere to make the tournament. I think at 9-9, nine and nine they will make it. But, you know, we'll have to see. The net improved by 11 spots last night. They're now inside of the top 60, 57, as I'm looking at it right now in the net. But Ole Miss showed you last night that, yes, they are going to be formidable. Yes, they can compete uh, in the SEC, and that was really important. That was important, I assume, for the confidence of the players who played really, really confident basketball last night. Um, and, and I assume that was really a, a morale and a confidence boost for the fans. I know uh, all of you basically were completely bought into to Chris Beard and uh, the direction of the program. But now that you've got an SEC win, a dominating one at that, early in conference play to prove. Uh, your feelings to be right. So a very important win for Ole Miss last night. I expect a huge crowd, even for a bad Vanderbilt team, on uh, on Saturday. Uh, validating, I've used it probably 10 times. There's another one. Uh, important win for confidence, important win for fan morale and buy-in, an important win for NCAA tournament metrics, because that's a conversation that we can have with this team. So we'll do some box score stuff and talk about some of the players of the game after I tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website. If your Mississippi business, again, anywhere in Mississippi, if your business is in the market for office technology, absms.com, Advantage Business Systems has you covered for all of your office technology needs. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So all you have to do is tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. That's Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. Actually had to... I spent a little bit of time at my Priority One Bank location yesterday, and uh, of course, as always, uh, I got treated extremely well, like uh, like I'm a neighbor, because I am uh, a neighbor. They make you their priority with their online banking platform, local loan servicing and decision-making. Priority One Bank truly does make you their priority. All right, 103-85, the final score. Ole Miss broke a lot of records last night. It's been two decades, over two decades, since they've scored uh, over 100 points in a game. They broke a shots, uh, excuse me, a blocked shots record and had an individual uh, blocked shot record uh, as well. That was Jamarian Sharp. And I'm going to start with him. He didn't start in the game. After the game, talked about how he uh, went to Chris Beard and um, because Musa Cisse started the game for Ole Miss, but he went to Beard and said, hey, coach, if I don't start, no hard feelings, man. I'm just I'm going to do whatever it takes to win 
So all good. Like You don't have to worry about me, which uh, really tells you a lot about the young man, especially considering uh, the volume of college basketball that he's played, uh, getting taken out of the starting lineup and to have that approach and then to play the way that he played in the game uh, tells you a lot uh, about his character, I think. So on top of that, nine blocks in the game and altered shots all over. And what I love about Sharp, I mean, as you guys know, he's certainly not the most uh, athletic uh, guy out there. I think to... Um, and it's not a shot at him. He's just he's he's really so long and, and so long to the point where sometimes uh, defensively can kind of be a detriment to him. But his timing on block shots is so impressive. I mean, it's not he's not blocking shots just because he's tall. He's blocking shots because he is able to um, analyze and read, and, and his timing is really really good. And and nine blocks uh, does not even really tell the story of of how effective he was at the rim, altering shots. So he had eight points on three of four from the field. Uh, they used him a couple of times in the second half in like a pick-and-roll situation. And I'm kind of wondering, why don't they do that more, uh, considering his size? But eight points, nine blocks, a school record for Ole Miss, nine blocks in the game, and uh, hit two of his four uh, free throws as well. So a really cool, really cool night, a historic night for him, especially hearing him talk after the game. Seems like a really humble dude. Uh, despite playing that well. So history was made by Jamarian Sharp last night for Ole Miss. Uh, The player of the game, aside from him, though, was Jamin Brakefield. Jamin Brakefield has been on an absolute tear uh, for Ole Miss lately. He had 28 points, had a couple of steals as well, three assists, five boards, made all four of his free throws, was two of four from three-point range, and was 11 of 16 from the field. His mid-range game was really, really good. Obviously, he is confidently shooting the three. And defensively, I thought he was exceptional as well. He played a complete game. He was um, awesome. Just awesome last night. He played his rear end off uh, for 35 minutes in the game. And and that's just kind of been him lately. He is really settling in and playing some really high-level basketball for this team. And if he's going to be a multi-level scorer, that also gives you what he gave you last night defensively. Uh, I mean, he really can take this team far. Uh, Just an experienced player. And, I mean, so efficient. And he's been so efficient uh, all over the place lately. But not selfish either. I mean, willing to uh, to dish the ball as needed. He was really, really good last night. I mean, the entire team really was good last night. So we're just going to talk about a bunch of guys that were really good for this team. But uh, Brakefield, the leading scorer. Matt Morrell was really good last night. Bounced back from an uh, off-night shooting uh, in Knoxville. He had 23 and three steals. He was very, very good defensively as well. Had a block. Uh, in his own right. Also had uh, three rebounds, was three of six from three, confidently shot the basketball from three, was five of six otherwise. So he was three of six from the field, and he was eight of 12, excuse me, he was three of six from three and was eight of 12 from the field, so was really efficient uh, otherwise as well. Added four assists. Alan Flanagan was good uh, last night as well. Uh, He had 17 points. He he had three blocks, so really active defensively. Had a steal uh, as well. Uh, Four rebounds. Was 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Was 6 of 11 from the field. Only took one three-point shot. He was uh, much better than he was in Knoxville last night. Really affected the game. Uh, Was better at finishing at the rim uh, than he was uh, the last few weeks as well. Jalen Murray played an exceptional game. Had 8 assists, 12 points. Uh, had a series there at the end of the first half where he played really, really, really good defense uh, despite his size as well. 
Didn't have his best three-point shooting night. Was two of seven from three, but still 12 points, eight assists. Uh, had a steal and a block in the game. So, so he was good defensively. Brandon Murray gave them 23 really solid minutes. He had nine points, uh, a pair of blocks, and was four or five from the field. Uh, so Ole Miss, just a complete basketball game for the most part. Chris Beard, after the game, talked about how he didn't really love how they finished the game because there was a lot of talk, and understandably so, about rebounding. Uh, Ole Miss had 24 rebounds to Florida's um, 44. Excuse me, 34 to 44. So Ole Miss had 34 rebounds. Florida had 44. Florida had 26 offensive rebounds, according to the box score, to Ole Miss's 10. But that number is skewed a little bit. Florida really got a lot of second chances. One after some blocks. I mean, Ole Miss had 16 blocks in the game. Um, and Florida was able to recover some of those. Uh, but also... It was kind of neck-and-neck rebounding up until the end where Chris Beard talked again after the game about how he didn't like how his team finished. And ABC, right? Always be coaching instead of always be closing. Sorry, that was really lame. I'll never say that again. Uh, But you could see that. Uh, Ole Miss, once they got that big lead and and you could tell the game was kind of over, they did give up some second-chance points and some easy baskets to Florida down the stretch. And, And Beard made a point to talk about that after the game. I assume he's actually probably pretty happy to see that in a weird way because now, after a dominating win, he has something that he can get on their rear ends about in the film room uh, because they did not close the game particularly well. By and large, though, Ole Miss rebounded the basketball much better uh, last night. I know the discrepancy is what it is. Again, it's Florida out-rebounded Ole Miss by 10 and had a bunch of offensive boards. But during the course of the game, Ole Miss was better rebounding the basketball certainly better uh, at rebounding the basketball last night than they were in Knoxville. And that's a Florida team with some length. And uh, Ole Miss was uh, very good, uh, very good at rebounding the basketball. Well, very good's an operative term. They were much better rebounding up until the end of the game last night, which is a very, very important thing. Uh, Ole Miss was uh, almost 60% from the field, 59% from the field. They made eight of their 23s. That's 40% that you will win a lot of games shooting 40% from three, 44% the second half for what it's worth, and 17 of 20 from the free throw line. So when they got to the basket, or when they got fouled, when they got to the line, they made their shots. Compare that to Florida's 69% from the free throw line and 29% from three and only 41% from the field. Ole Miss outshot Florida, but also a lot of that had to do with defensive activity uh, really made it difficult for Florida to get open shots, especially when Ole Miss started going on that run uh, early in the second half. Uh, they made it really, really difficult for Florida at a lot of levels. So uh, Ole Miss was efficient again last night. You got 21 fast break points for Ole Miss, um, 42 points in the paint, 24 points off of turnovers. They were active defensively, 16 blocks, 8 turnovers, uh, so, excuse me, 17 assists to 8 turnovers, 16 blocks, and 9 steals for Ole Miss. So active defensively, efficient offensively, great games by a lot of players, and uh, a huge, huge win for this Ole Miss team. Vanderbilt coming in on Saturday. I expect the crowd to be great. It's a noon tip-off uh, for Ole Miss. Vanderbilt stinks out loud, but still, uh, I expect a big crowd. And the thing is, Vanderbilt does stink out loud. You absolutely must win this game. You can't lose to Vanderbilt at home if you want to make the NCAA tournament, especially with Ole Miss's net not being uh, all that great at the moment. It's Again, it's 57. Vanderbilt's 242. 
Vanderbilt's 242. That is SWAC levels. But if you look at their last two SEC games, they did play close. They lost, but they played them close. So Ole Miss is going to have to show up and play, and it'll help that they have a home crowd uh, behind them. So a huge win, a validating win. Ole Miss can make the tournament. Can they get eight more wins in this SEC schedule? I think so. We're about to find out. But hope you enjoyed your night. We'll do a live stream tonight, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock will be live. We'll talk about Nick Saban and stuff like that, of course. Uh, I'll see you there. If you don't see me there, that will get, of course, uploaded right here into this feed for you. So I'll see you guys then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you guys tonight. If not tonight, I'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.